You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Waltorton. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 21 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and with me in the kitchen studio, my kitchen studio this time, is my co-host Simon Waltorton. Hello, Simon. Hello, Carlos. And how are you on this uh, rather sunny week? Um, yes, uh, um, just about air show ready. Um, I've been sorting my camera out and uh, getting my scanner uh, ready for our first air show, which is um, this weekend at uh, Duxford. Um, anybody wishing to go to Duxford can go either Saturday or Sunday. Um, it's an anniversary air show. Um, lots to uh, talk about on that and um, lots of other things. So, yes, uh, that should be good. Um, the weather's a bit overcast at the moment because we've uh, got some violent thunderstorms uh, coming in tonight. Um, so hopefully that's just a blip. Uh, but we've been enjoying some lovely uh, warm weather, haven't we? And uh, it is possible this is going to carry on for um, the long term and uh, be proper air show weather yeah yeah this we've had some uh, some rather hot weather this weekend we've had an absolutely fantastic weekend of sun here in the uk um we had uh, some brilliant barbecue weather yes um, i've had a definitely. couple of, you've <laughs> took the words out of my mouth there <laughs> oh, i've had a couple of barbecues already um and uh, just been stocked up again today so uh um got charcoal um it's well stocked up with beer and cause light and things like that so it's good so uh, looking forward then to uh, this weekend then for the Duxford Air Show, Simon, just looking at the uh, weather forecast. Um, it's actually forecasting showers at the moment for yes. Sunday, um, but a 30% chance of showers. So yes. hopefully the showers will stay away. Yes. Um, there's a slight wind, a nine mile an hour wind, south, uh, yes. south southwesterly <laughs> wind forecast. Um, with 19 degrees, so it should be fingers crossed. Let's hope it yes, will be a nice yes, day. Yes, um, because that is quite open. Uh, if, don't know if anybody, um, most probably one or two of our listeners have been to Duxford before, but because um, you've got the M11 uh, right to the uh, far end of um, near the British hangar, um, you've got the uh, motorway, and because uh, that used to be a lot longer um, runway uh, many years ago before the M11 was built. Um, so yes, it's quite open and um, wide and uh, do get a lot of sunburn there, even on overcast days, um, looking at the weather and get the winds whipping up. And uh, it is quite uh, a challenging uh, runway to land on uh, in the wind, um, which I've seen many a times and I've had all sorts of weather there, um, thunderstorms, lightning, fog, um, I've seen the red arrows flying there one uh, to do a display one time and they were circling for 10 minutes. They flew over um, real low cloud elevation, so that was really bad. But that is um, <clears throat> quite open and uh, there is a lot of uh, wind that comes across that airfield and I've uh, had a lot of sunburn from there as well. But that is an interesting uh, <laughs> place uh, to go. Um, obviously, as I said, we're in the air show season now. We've had a few air shows already, so we're in the full swing of things now and things are only going to hot up because the red arrows will be coming back uh, in, uh, I think it's next week they'll, uh, they're due back in the UK. So um, they're just about air show ready. I think they've been given their full authorization for uh, UK uh, air displays and their 50th birthday. So, yeah. So shall we get cracking and we could carry on and talk? talk yeah, we, talk. we could carry on and talk for, talk uh, talk all day. We've got uh, we've got quite a bit to bring in the show this week. The usual uh, news we'll start off with, and also Simon's got his military aviation news 
and uh, air show news as well. He's going to uh, tell you a few bits and pieces uh, around about uh, the Duxford air show that, uh, as we said, will be at this Sunday. And uh, we'll finish up with our uh, plane uh, of the week, our in-focus aircraft of the week, as voted for by our Facebook and email uh, listeners. And uh, there, that, that that will be episode twenty-one. But yes. we're at the beginning. Yes, so uh, we're ready uh, to start. It's, yes, uh, it's as, as we uh, as we record this. It is the twentieth of May, and uh, we're just coming up towards quarter to five in the uh, afternoon. Yes, yes. There is one other thing I've got to mention. Um, one or two people may uh, remember the helicopter display team, uh, the uh, Blue Eagles. And um, the shark display team, they have uh, partially uh, sort of reformed, but I'll be talking more about that um, in depth uh, later on in the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. Excellent. So, right, we're going to kick off the show then, as we do every week, with our weekly run-up of the aviation news uh, from the UK and around the world and airport news. So if you're ready, Simon. Yes, let's go. Let's go. So, first piece of news kicking us off this week then is uh, about uh, London or the uh, Liverpool John Lennon's airport. Uh, they're axing their free drop-off parking near the terminal. They're going to start charging two pounds for drivers to drop off passengers at uh, the airport, and this is going to come into effect from the fourth of June. So, at the moment, uh, passengers wishing to drop off people at the airport can uh, can do it for free, but they're now going to charge two pounds for uh, for people to drop off people and in the special car park right near the terminal. And they are offering a free drop off point uh, at the airport, which will be free for twenty minutes. But that uh, air, uh, car park is uh, actually ten minutes walk from the passenger terminal at uh, the John Lennon Airport in Liverpool. So Simon, not uh, not very good idea, really. No, is it? Uh, keep no, charging um, us this, that, and the other for yes. parking here. <clears throat> yes, and, uh, um, I, I don't agree with this uh, because times are hard, and uh, for a large family, I know two pound may not seem a lot, but um, it's an extra two pound uh, on an already expensive holiday. So I think um, they're just jumping on the bandwagon, and the drop-offs are normally free uh, in most places, airports, even if it's for just uh, five minutes or so. Um, but I think a lot of uh, this has um, happened uh, because of the uh, uh, sort of security measures around airports now. So they don't like you to have a car sort of near the terminal. And that's why they have a short drop off times. Um, but to charge for it, it's a bit ludicrous for me. Yeah, definitely. So next piece of news they're moving on is uh, Ryanair news. Uh, we haven't, uh, haven't had much Ryanair news just lately, but we've got some here. And Ryanair has revealed the number of customer complaints it received last month in April. So uh, Ryanair in April uh, said it received less than one complaint per 3,000 customers in April. That's 2,600 complaints for 7.8 million passengers. Uh, Last April, the airline reported 0.48% of complaints per 1,000 passengers, while this year it was 0.32% per 1,000 passengers. Complaints coming in are about bags still seem to be the biggest issue with uh, 3,900 bag complaints being recorded last month. That's one bag complaint per 2,000 passengers. 
So Ryanair have announced changes uh, such as allowing second carry-on bags and reduced baggage fees and the introduction of quiet flights. CEO Michael O'Leary said the company was actively listing and responding to customers. <coughs> and the statistics also revealed that 99% of complaints were answered within seven days. Uh, it stated also that 91% of uh, four, it, uh, 91% of 49,000 flights were arriving on time, but added that the figure was down slightly due to adverse weather conditions. So there we go, Simon. So there, uh, there, there's still plenty of complaints coming yes. in, even though uh, Ryanair have sort of kind of revamped their uh, whole customer service thing. Yes. Um, but uh, I definitely think um, that uh, the social media thing is uh, is going to become big over the next year. I, don't, I think yes. with people complaining via yes. Twitter. Yeah. Um, and also an update as well. If you remember on the last episode, I told you about our friends uh, who had the issues with BA on their flight to Cyprus. They were delayed uh, nearly a day and a half eventually um, before they got to Cyprus. Uh, well, they uh, emailed BA and uh, it took uh, just nearly a week for e- uh, BA to get back to them. And uh, the email I saw from BA is is kind of, a to me, a, a drag your heels email. Uh, where they want the information for this, that, and the other, which was all included on the original email. Um, and I would think they're going to be a long while waiting for any kind of compensation from BA, if I'm being honest with you. Well, you know, um, the, well, we know the way to go. Social media sites. Social media is the way, definitely, yeah. Because um, word gets about, and uh, it can give the uh, airline a bad name. So um, they didn't want any bad publicity. No, no. I just think it's very poor. I mean, considering I mean, I've had issues before in the in the, in the very um, close uh, past. I should say in the last few weeks, um, and I've used social media to vent my frustration, and I've got an answer within minutes. Yes, um, yes. So BA uh, need to uh, to pull their fingers out just slightly. I, yep. I would imagine the uh, hundred and forty or so people on the flight that they are on are all complaining, and um, as well, they've got their uh, hands. Yes, yeah, so I haven't flown uh, BA uh, for a few years now. The last time I used them uh, was uh, London Heathrow Terminal One uh, on a seven four seven four hundred uh, to Riyadh, uh, but that was only a short um, half an hour flight on a, on that aircraft, and uh, obviously we didn't because it was only a half an hour. We didn't get a chance to get up to full altitude, and uh, but that was just um, an air show uh, sort of treat for us. Fly um, in uh, to an air show on a seven four seven four hundred. So very nice for those uh, for those of you uh, listeners who are listening to the show. Um, send us, drop us an email, and tell us uh, who your favourite airline is to fly on and why. Or drop us an email to tell us who your least favourite airline is to fly <coughs> on and why. Yep. And uh, we'll include it on the show. We'll read it out on the show. Drop us your emails. Um, via our website, or you can email us at plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. Yes, because um, we could go, um, I think we've, uh, we talked about lots of top tens that we could do um, mm. in uh, shows, um, perhaps a top ten um, best airlines and the top ten worst airlines, um, perhaps, or something uh, similar along them lines. Mm. Yeah, definitely send us some email. Send us your feedback uh, on what you think is I your know, best uh, and worst airline. I know uh, two uh, airlines <laughs> that would be up in more my um, top uh, 10, that would be Virgin Atlantic and Singapore Airlines, but not necessarily in that order. So yeah, Emirates would be top for me. Yes. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely <laughs> That's going to have to be up there um, as well. So next piece of news, Ryanair again. And uh, Ryanair, we talked about this before in a previous podcast, a few podcasts ago, about Ryanair offering flights to the United States. Now, this um, um, 
page from the independent.ie website is saying that Ryanair are planning to offer United States flights by 2019. So Ryanair are planning flights by 2019 and will lure passengers with very cheap prices, says Chief Executive Michael O'Leary. However, new aircraft are currently too expensive and out of stock due to heavy orders by Gulf Airlines such as Emirates. Tickets could be sold for as low as €10, uh, excluding extra costs for luggage, food and entertainment, said Michael O'Leary, who insisted uh, that the offer was not a marketing stunt to grab public attention. Uh, Meanwhile, Mr O'Leary, in an interview with the (coughs) Mail on Sunday, said that parts of Ryanair's service need to be addressed after 20 years of very fast growth. So, Simon, we could be flying to the USN for €10. Yes, that would be nice, but I find that hard to believe uh, because by the time you put your luggage, your food and entertainment on a long-haul flight, it's got to mount up. um, And uh, I don't know what aircraft they're going to use, but uh, they're going to have to get their act together uh, for customer service if they want to start uh, doing flights to the um, uh, uh, US. Um, I wonder whether they'll use uh, if they'll if they'll stick with a Boeing product. Whether they'll use sort of X um, Virgin seven four seven four hundreds or XBA seven four seven four hundreds. That is a possibility, and uh, they're well looked after. Um, just trying to think of any other. They could use a long haul uh, Boeing seven six sevens or some triple sevens. Um, what else? Uh, the sort of main ones. Okay, there is the Airbus A319, which has a range that's only... That's not long enough. No, yeah, that'd that, have to be something a bit bigger. Yeah, 321. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd have to make two or three stops en route. Um, they'll, they'll probably go for a 747, I think. Something something big like... Oh, the 340? Could yes, even go for a 340? Yes, uh, that is nice. I like the uh, 340, mm. 600 extra long mm. uh, stretch version. That's uh, one of my uh, sort of aircraft I uh, do enjoy flying on. So next piece of news then from uh, the Mail Online uh, site. This is uh, passenger, uh, passengers at Manchester Airport have the shortest wait for their luggage, um, but you'll be hovering by the carousels for half an hour at Gatwick. So travellers arriving at Manchester Airport have the shortest wait for their luggage and baggage at the carousels, but passengers at Gatwick aren't so lucky. When it comes to delivering luggage to the terminal quickly, Manchester Airport comes out top, taking on average 16 minutes and 15 seconds, according to passengers questioned by the new poll. But you could be waiting on average 33 minutes and 21 seconds for your bags at London Gatwick. The research carried out by uh, the luggage delivery company SendMyBag.com found that uh, Manchester, Birmingham and London City Airports also had short waiting times for luggage, taking second or third and fourth place on the list of speedy baggage delivery. And the top five was rounded off by Aberdeen Airport, where the average waiting time, according to travellers, was 19 minutes and 33 seconds. But London's two principal airports didn't fare too well, uh, while Gatwick recorded the longest average waiting time. Heathrow passengers said they waited an average of 29 minutes and 29 seconds, placing it third place for the longest waiting times. So the top five airports for speedy baggage delivery. Uh, Number one is Manchester. Number two is Birmingham. Then London City, East Midlands and Aberdeen. The top five worst performing airports for baggage delivery. In number one, first place was Gatwick Airport. Then Edinburgh, Heathrow Liverpool's John Lennon, and in fifth place, Bristol Airport. So uh, 
quite a long. That's that's a quite a long time. I think thirty three minutes yes. waiting for baggage yes, is quite a long quite, time. That sounds uh, Heathrow, which we use quite a lot. Twenty nine point uh, minutes and twenty nine seconds. Um, that sounds about right. But um, if you look at a lot of the um, top five, um, they're smaller sort of um, airports, aren't they? And mm. uh, but having said that, Manchester isn't really a small airport, is it? No, no, so, not at all. Um, it's becoming quite a large airport. Yes, now, Manchester. Yeah. Um, it depends on, I suppose, the volume of flights, really. Mm. Next piece of news, Travel Weekly, then. Uh, this one is flight awry, or flight from London City Airport aborted after part of the wing fell off. Um, yeah, this one, uh, I saw this on the news, the pictures, actually. There's uh, YouTube videos as well. Uh, oh, yeah, and, I did see that. An aircraft carrying more than 60 passengers had to turn back uh, to London City Airport after part of its wing fell off in mid-flight. The pilot had to abort the uh, city jet flight uh, to Florence and circle the Thames estuary before landing again at the airport with a badly burned wing, the Telegraph reported. After takeoff at around 7.25am, passengers heard a loud bang and a section of the left wing, approximately six feet long, detached from the plane. Emergency services were called to the Avro RJ85 once it had landed on the runway, and passengers said that the wing and part of the aircraft looked badly burned. Cole Morton, the features writer for the Sunday Telegraph, was on board the flight and described the confusion as passengers told cabin crew who appeared to alert the pilot. The bang made people jump and was alarming, and then we sat thinking, this isn't right, surely, he said. Uh, Does the pilot know? Uh, as they're just taking off from Lull, just taken off from London City Airport on their way to Florence, uh, when the cover of the operating system on the wing became partly detached. The crew followed the standard procedures and after a discussion with CityJet Maintenance Control decided to turn back to London City Airport. Air traffic control were notified <coughs> and the aircraft uh, landed uh, making a normal approach and uh, arrived safely back at London City Airport. So we've had a quite a few instances just lately, Simon, with with these uh, particular type of aircraft. They're uh, a sort of derivative from the, the from the BA uh, BA one four six. They're slightly uh, <coughs> slightly more advanced uh, with, with slightly different engines on the RJ. Yeah, but that's quite uh, a serious um, incident uh, to have uh, part of the uh, wing. Did the actual um, looking at this? Did the wing actually fall to the ground, or was it still? Uh, no, it was attached. It was actually attached by a few cables and bits and pieces onto the aircraft, flapping around underneath <coughs> the wing. Yes, and uh, quite serious. Um, if it was only uh, just attached by a few cables, uh, which could have uh, uh, worked its way loose, um, sort of very quickly, and uh, may have been quite um, sort of uh, severe. Quite shocking, I think, for passengers yes, sitting yeah, on the aircraft definitely. watching that out of the windows. Mm. If you, uh, like I said, if you, if you go on YouTube, you can actually um, see the video that uh, the passenger took from the window of this part of the damaged uh, wing hanging underneath the aircraft, sort of suspended by a few <coughs> cables. Um, but like we said, the jet uh, managed to get back. The pilot's obviously done a great job getting the aircraft back safely, and uh, so all was well there. So next piece of news then uh, is uh, Ryanair news again. We've dropped this one in. Uh, I found this one quite amusing. Um, you haven't flown Ryanair, have you? Simon? No. So uh, for those of you who've flown Ryanair, you'll know that uh, if your flight lands on time, that you get uh, a rather uh, interesting jingle played when you land. 
Uh, it's uh, a sort of a, a horn, kind of a horn <coughs> sort. That's it, yeah. Another on time, and it's yeah, it's that you get. So do you, get, new... do you? Sorry, interrupt. <laughs> I had to interrupt. Um, do you get one if you're late? If the um, late? No, no. But uh, one, or two, one or two times we've landed late, and they've still played a jingle, which mm. is quite quite amusing i think yes so the story is going then uh <coughs> that uh, the budget airline's been asking flyers on twitter whether it should keep or change its jingle and will reveal the results in a survey later this week for any who haven't flown ryanair recently shortly after the plane's wheels hit the tarmac the fanfare of trumpets are piped through the overhead speakers followed by a chirpy voice celebrating the arrival of yet another on-time flight the jingle's grating cheeriness and unashamed self-promotion, plus the fact that it's an oral slap for anyone waking from a snooze, is for some one of the most irritating aspects of flying with Ryanair. Twitter users are instru- or were instructed by Ryanair on Friday uh, to use hashtag don't go changing to vote in favour of the jingle or down with the trumpets if they wanted to change it. So we're yet to hear the results from that, but... Uh, it is because uh, you, you've flown uh, many times, um, Simon. So you all know as well as I do, and most people who listen to the podcast that <coughs> the overhead speakers in aircraft—they're not the greatest sounding of things. No. Nine times out of ten, no. you can't <coughs> hear basically most of what the, uh, the the pilot is saying to you because no. it's uh, inaudible. All the speakers are just yes. so rattly, tinny but, uh, that you can't hear them. Having said that, I haven't been on any of the, any of the uh, A380s or the um, Dreamliners. So we don't know whether their speaker system is updated, but um, they could do with uh, putting a, a fairly good um, system in. Because uh, uh, I know you get your earplugs, uh, but they normally take them away from mm. you. And uh, I take my own set of um, headphones um, on every flight. So I've always found that the uh, the over the address public address system on aircraft are, are really poor, uh, really poor. Um, so when they play this particular t- tune on the um, 737-800, uh, nothing against Boeing, um, but the speakers um, that play, the I mean, it's, it's horrible. Mm. <laughs> it really is horrible. Sound like uh, something from the late <laughs> 70s, early 80s. <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather listen to, uh, listen to the wife uh, moan at me, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, I'll get shot over that one. So, right, so next piece of news then um, is uh, a special piece of news for anyone that's... Um, wishing to travel to Heathrow Airport by rail over this coming bank holiday weekend. Heathrow Express staff who operate the rail service to Heathrow um, are looking at uh, striking for 48 hours over the May bank holiday weekend. They're voted in favour of a 48-hour strike and uh, this bank holiday weekend, which could cause chaos for thousands of passengers and holidaymakers wishing to travel on the service this weekend. Staff belonging to the RMT union will not work from 3am uh, on Friday, the 23rd of May, to 2.59am on Saturday, the 24th of May, and again from 3am on Monday, the 26th of May, to 2.59am on Tuesday, the 27th of May. The Heathrow Express uh, takes over 16,000 passengers between Paddington Station and the airport daily, with 150 services running every day. So not good news at all, and Simon, really. That's uh, quite worrying really, yes. for, people, for people living in London who uh, who do uh, use uh, the Heathrow Express train 
and yes. to, you know to get to Heathrow Airport. Yeah, and they seem as though they know when uh, what time to hit uh, peak time. Uh, obviously, mm. a bank holiday, um, May bank holiday. Um, it's going to be a, one of the busiest times because um, no matter what happens, uh, any uh, bank holiday in the UK is guaranteed to be busy no matter where, um, whether you're flying on the rails, on the roads. So uh, they've hit hit a, um, an awkward time for passengers. So the strike is going ahead because of uh, working conditions and also uh, pay freezes and planned axing of jobs um, that they're um, uh, looking at having over the next year. Um, but still, it's uh, it's it's a it's a real kick in the teeth, really, for uh, anyone who's uh, wishing to use the train <clears> to get to Heathrow. Yes, it's a bit yeah. worrying they're going to have to use taxis or buses. Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully, uh, anyone travelling this weekend from Heathrow who wishes to use a train will hear this and uh, make other arrangements. So, next piece of news from Flight Global: Then uh, United Airlines in America. <coughs> Uh, beginning uh, regional refleeting with the uh, Embraer 175 introduction into service. Uh, they're uh, beginning a long-awaited program to upgrade its regional fleet, United are, um, with the dual-class aircraft. It's a new era, say Sandra Pinu Bodison, the Chicago-based Star Alliance carrier's senior vice president of Express at an event in cargo of, uh, Chicago <coughs> O'Hare's International Airport. Two Embraer 175 aircraft entered service between Chicago and Washington National on the 17th of May and between Chicago, Boston and Logan as well this week. United will add two to four aircraft per month for a total of 27 of the type of aircraft by the end of 2014 and 70 by the end of 2015, says Pinu Bodison. Messiah Airlines and SkyWest Airlines operate the aircraft as well. All of the airline's Embraer 175s are the enhanced <coughs> model with an uh, up to 6.4% lower fuel burn compared to the base model. This is achieved with new winglets and aerodynamic clamps. United will use the Embraer 175 primarily in business markets where the high numbers of premium travellers uh, use the aircraft. In June, United plans to expand its network within uh, uh, the uh, with using the aircraft uh, to Atlanta and Minneapolis, St. Paul and New York LaGuardia, from Chicago O'Hare and to Austin, Atlanta and New Orleans from Houston Intercontinental. The e, uh, Embraer 175 will begin service from San Francisco to Austin and Dallas-Fort Worth, Minneapolis, St. Paul and St. Louis in September and October this year. So that's uh, that's good news for uh, for Embraer. They've uh, got uh, some yes. new aircraft going yes. out to the states. Then, yes, um, really good. Yeah, very uh, good uh, news. And of um, I uh, fly uh, United Airlines quite a lot. I use their regional aircraft, uh, whether it be the uh, Airbus A three twenties, three nineteens, and um, the uh, Boeing seven three sevens. I can't remember which uh, mark they uh, use, but um, a lot of them are old. And so they're um, uh, updating all their fleet, which is uh, pretty good. So these new aircraft are going to replace the smaller, less efficient regional jets within the fleet in the 50-seat capacity, the uh, Bombardier CRJ-200s and the Embraer ERJ-135s and the 145s. Uh, The carrier plans to remove 43 of the small jets in 2014, with more expected to leave the fleet in 2015. Uh, the Embraer 175 are just part of a United's uh, 
$9 billion um, to $3.1 billion gross capital expenditure program in 2014, which also includes new Boeing 787 aircraft and new airport facilities in Boston, San Francisco and London as well, and customer uh, technology upgrades as well. So that's brilliant then. One seven five. I've flown on the one seven five yes. with Oman Air. Yes, uh, in January. Yeah, nice little aircraft. Nice little aircraft. Little pocket rocket. I used to I yes. uh, like to call yeah. it actually. Yeah. So next piece of news then, Flight Look Global uh, website. This one is pictures and news of uh, Air Canada receiving its first seven eight seven Dreamliner. Uh, Air Canada have received their first seven eight seven eight hundred series Dreamliner. Who are, and uh, Air Canada, who are part of the Star Alliance. Uh, plan to replace similar-sized aircraft in their fleet with this type, configured to 251 seats across the three-class layout, with 20 in business, 21 in premium economy, and 210 in economy-class seats. It will be used on services such as to Tel Aviv and Tokyo Haneda, says Boeing. And uh, just looking at the pictures here, it's... Uh, it's quite a nice aircraft. Looks nice in the Air Canada yes, uh, with logo the, with yeah, the, the leaf, maple leaf, maple leaf on the uh, yeah. tail, and uh, it's quite a, a sort of a strange colour, isn't it? I would say there's a sort of like a bluey, silvery uh, uh, fuselage and hmm. uh, engines, uh, cowlings, and uh, you know it's um, quite an unusual uh, colour. Um, but, but Air yeah. Canada have uh, they've got orders for fourteen more of these seven eight seven eight hundreds, and they've also uh, ordered twenty two seven eight seven nine hundred. The, yes. uh, the the stretch version. I'd of go the for the uh, nine nine hundred version uh, because uh, uh, for one, it's uh, more reliable than the first um, ones that have come out. And uh... I tell you, one of the striking things, Simon, that I love about the Dreamliner um, is the swept wings. Yes, up, the swept up wings that you can see when you yes. look at the aircraft from well, behind. The A three eighty has the cur- curved mm. uh, swept wings, which I enjoy um, watching uh, the aircraft when I've seen them uh, coming uh, many times and stuff. Uh, so yeah. So next piece of news then, uh, uh, BBC website. This is uh, from one of our local airports, Norwich Airport, Simon. Uh, this is about uh, an emergency landing of a KLM plane. Yes, um, uh, it's um, had to make an emergency landing, the 737. That's a 700 series one, uh, this one. Yes, yeah, yeah um, but I think they've got a uh, good uh, procedure, uh, Norfolk Fire Service, good procedure in place um, for uh, emergencies like this, and I would imagine this is uh, the same uh, throughout the world and um, uh, throughout the UK. So um, it's an unusual visitor. Um, I say unusual uh, to Norwich Airport, the 737 series, uh, but having said that, they do uh, sometimes pop in uh, to the Spravier uh, workshop to have uh, new paint jobs, new liveries put on. So um, I suppose it's, uh, in a way it's not that unusual. But um, Not to see a KLM one, though, but no. for this for this particular type of aircraft. Yes, they do um, normally uh, use the uh, KLM... Uh, Fokker 70 uh, and the Fokker 100 uh, City Hopper aircraft with the uh, little uh, jets on the back of the uh, fuselage and in the tail. So the aircraft had to make the emergency landing uh, due to an electrical fault and fumes in the cockpit. The aircraft had 114 passengers on board but made a normal landing back at the airport. 80 of the passengers were put up in hotels overnight and uh, Mr Bell, the uh, CEO of Norwich Airport, uh, said that uh, a full emergency was declared and the plane landed just after uh, after half past two in the afternoon and uh, everything was good. Mm. It, it was a good outcome from yes. that one, Simon. Yeah. That's good. 
so next piece of news then, moving on, uh, is the buying business travel site Singapore Airlines uh, are launching economy seating, uh, premium economy seating on uh, their 777-300ERs. So they're going for uh, a premium economy uh, seat on their aircraft, which will uh, give the passengers uh, slightly better seats, more legroom, uh, and slightly better uh, service as opposed to its normal standard uh, economy seating. So they've been rolled out over this uh, 777-300ER fleet uh, on routes uh, from London and Manchester uh, to um, to um, to um, to um, 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 Singapore. <laughs> so I lost it there. Lost lost my words there. Uh, the carrier has also also confirmed the retrofitting of its latest first business and economy seat into its triple seven three hundred ER fleet. Nineteen of these are being re- uh, refitted, uh, but will need another modification once the premium economy seating is unveiled. Now, Simon, you've flown uh, you've flown Singapore Airlines before. Yes, you're a big lover of Singapore Airlines. Yes, I am, and. Uh... Oh yeah, welcome this because as um, uh, I think uh, in the future the uh, normal economy is going to be uh, phased out. That's what that's my um, that's what my conclusion is of um, this. But premium economy, if you're um, nice to the uh, checking desks, you can sometimes get an upgrade for free, um, which is always nice. But I think um, the premium economy is just that little bit more uh, upper class than the economy. Not much, but you've got that extra bit of legroom. Me being six two. So um, I enjoy uh, getting my uh, free upgrades um, whenever I fly or whenever I can, really. And um, I must admit, if I can't uh, get that, I'll ask for a bulkhead if you're not too um, fussed on looking out of the window or an emergency exit row or um, a main uh, door area. But having said that, the door area near the uh, kitchens and the toilets uh, do... uh, have a, a fairly big space uh, which um, lets people congregate and do exercises. So um, just bear that in mind, uh, folks, uh, if you are thinking of that. But um, emergency exits uh, are good and bulkhead uh, seats for that extra bit of leg room uh, without the extra charge. Yeah. The F1 definitely one to uh, to look out for, premium economy. A lot of airlines are doing this now, Simon. Yes. Premium economy is becoming uh, the uh, the kind of, what should we, how should we say, the, the kind of... Um, the cheaper way to fly business class, yes, I think we'll say. Yes, that and uh, Virgin Atlantic, uh, they do it as well. Uh, they do uh, do small charges, and you can normally haggle with them on the price um, on check-in if you wish for an upgrade. But sometimes you get a free one if you're um, persistent mm. and uh, lucky. Yeah, definitely. So next piece of news, uh, last piece of news for this week, um, is regarding the Airbus A300, who, uh, who has reached a grand age of 40 years old. So on May the 12th, uh, which is uh, not long ago, uh, the Airbus A300 celebrated their or its thir- uh, 40th anniversary of entry into service. And the 300 uh, Series B aircraft first operated by Air France, who was the launch customer for the Airbus A300B. And it was the world's first twin-engined wide-body airliner. And since their 1974 entry into service, the uh, Airbus A300, uh, 310 or 310 family has seen 878 airframes manufactured. And even today, after 40 years of service, there are still over 400 of these aircraft still in service with 65 different airlines. So that's quite uh, a testament, really, to that aircraft. It is. Um, we've had a lot of um, sort of. Uh 
new aircraft came out of the uh, 300 series. Um, obviously the A380 and uh, the A340, uh, 34600. Um, so there's some lovely aircraft come out of the 300 series and uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a few more in the coming years. So um, they are really doing well with the uh, 300 series on uh, Airbus. Yeah, and don't forget as well, the uh, 300 series was the aircraft uh, that they converted and uh, made it fat and called it the uh, Beluga. The A300, uh, that's the 600 series, they converted and made it into a freighter. Uh, it's kind of a, a kind of a big whale, yes. obviously named the Beluga. Yes, um, that's what we were talking about earlier. And it's uh, a, a, a transport aircraft used to transport parts for Airbus, yes. isn't it, Simon? Yes, it is, yeah. Um, and oh. it's uh, based on the 300 series aircraft. Yes, yes. Uh, right, so that's it then for our rundown of uh, the sort of the big stories from over the last week of uh, aviation news. Yes. We've had a few little technical hitches uh, during this. Yes. <laughs> Excuse, which, uh, excuse us, uh, yeah, for those. Excuse us, uh, excuse us um, for those of, if you've uh, if you've picked up one here. Then we've, we've had a few technical hitches here with uh, with one of our one of our lovely laptops. He'll he'll be getting a good um, sorting out later on. <laughs> I think with its uh, internal circuitry. Yes. Um, but uh, we hope you've enjoyed our new segment for this week. So we're going to uh, grab a coffee, tea, Simon. Tea, tea will be nice. We're going to grab a cup of tea, and uh, we're going to come back after this. Don't forget, you too can contact the show and leave your messages for Simon and Carlos. Contact them via their website at www.plaintalkinguk.com or email them at plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. Send them your messages. They really want to hear from you. So with his military and uh, aviation news and air show news segment, we're going to hand you over to uh, Simon. So if you're ready, Simon. Yeah, let's go. Right, let's go. So with his military aviation news and air show news, I'm going to hand you over to Simon. Thanks very much, Carlos. Um, right, the first piece of uh, information I've got for you today on uh, this is um, uh, regarding uh, the Gazelle Squadron Display Team, which is coming to the air show near you in 2014. Now, a lot of people um, may not remember this, uh, but years ago uh, we used to have the Sharks Display Team back in the uh, 80s and early 90s, and they used to have fascinate me um, with their uh, distinctive uh, red gazelle helicopters with the little black shark, um, which was on the uh, back of the uh, gazelle just under the uh, sort of main rotor. And uh, fascinating to watch, but um, these are, uh, I think these are a, a sort of brother or sister from the uh, Blue Eagles, um, which have, haven't really disbanded, um, but would imagine that these are from them because they did say that they uh, would uh, be uh, coming back and um, 
uh, and uh, it looks as though they have, because um, when they were many years ago, these uh, the Blue Eagles uh, display teams in the seventies, and so they've been going quite a while. But um, it's a fascinating uh, mix of uh, colours on the Gazelle uh, display team, and um, I, uh, as I said, I used to watch these uh, RAF. Um, air shows and uh, also the Mildenhall Air Fate, which is sadly no longer. And mm-hmm. um, we used to see the uh, Royal Netherlands uh, uh, display team as well, the Grasshoppers, which are um, sort of a, a similar sort of design, but not uh, a little bit bigger um, sort of uh, helicopter and very strange. Um, so if you um, Google uh, the Royal Netherlands grass, Grasshopper display team, you will actually see their aircraft as um quite sort of uh, strange but these uh, gazelles uh, they do have um, uh, a list of the aircraft uh, here which I will give you their registration numbers and I'm going to um, read them off because if you go to um, the gazelle squadron display team um, you will actually um, they have their own website and uh, their aircraft are x-ray zulu 321 uh, zulu bravo 627 Zulu Alpha 730, Zulu Bravo 647, and X-Ray Whiskey 849, and X-Ray X-Ray 436. And these aircraft, like I said, we've got one in the shark's uh, colours, we've got one in the sort of camouflage green and grey, and then we've got another one in a sort of a desert sandy uh, colour. So I'm thinking uh, it's going to be uh, quite interesting to see these. Um, just going to look uh, and to see uh, where they're actually displaying uh, um, will be uh, will be uh, something that's sort of uh, really uh, interesting. So Simon's just nipped out of the oh. studio out, out into the uh, garden. Simon, what uh, what just flew over us just then? You've just been out there, haven't you? To see? Yes, um, I'm just. Uh, in, uh, I thought it was on the uh, actual um, computer that I could <laughs> hear it, but it's I went outside and it's a bit stormy out here now and a bit overcast. Um, it sounded like a Typhoon or um, F-15 or F-16 for, um, aircraft. Um, but because it's um, a little bit overcast, we couldn't actually mm. see. So um, it was definitely a military uh, aircraft. Military aircraft, yeah. Yeah, um, which is quite a common sight over the area because we are sort of quite um, – we do have a, quite a few military uh, airports around the area. So so you've got some news then, Simon, on uh, the RAF tycoon, uh, ty- tycoons. Why do I say tycoons? <laughs> don't know why. That's come up. Millionaire, that's why. Um, are you? You've, yeah, yeah. Millionaire I am, yeah. Billy. Won the lottery the weekend. Um, you've got some uh, news on the RAF tycoons that uh, on uh, performed at a Lithuanian uh, yes. show. Yeah. Uh, thousands of uh, Lithuanians clapped and cheered as two RAF tycoons performed a dramatic low-level pass Exhibition of the country's capital, Vilnius. The aircraft from three fighter squadrons, normally based at RAF Coningsby in Lincolnshire, in the country as part of a NATO mission to police the airspace of the Baltic states. The jet fighter unit, supported by personnel from 135 Expeditionary Air Wing from the RAF Leeming in North Yorkshire, and set up a stand at the event to allow Lithuanians to meet the airmen and women deployed on their fourth four-month operation so yeah that's, that's good all. to see uh good to see our guys uh wowing crowds in other countries yes, really are the yeah. raf and that yeah because we have we have got some uh, some pretty awesome pilots really haven't we in the yes. raf yep right the next uh bit of uh 
news is uh, Belgian Devils debut at Cosford. The organisers of RAF Cosford Airshow have announced that confirmed the first international participant of flying display on the 8th of June, Sunday. The Belgian Air Force Red Devils will be making their uh, debut appearance at the show, performing with four SF-260M training aircraft to bring the number of display teams to four. So that is um, something uh, interesting and uh, new. Yeah, it's kind of an Italian uh, um, sort of a a light sort of trainer type aircraft that they use on their displays. Yes. So you've also got some news then about the D-Day anniversary air show as well, haven't you, Simon? Yes. For this uh, this year? Yes. um, We've got um, a lovely uh, selection of aircraft uh, flying here. Where we're going this Sunday? Yes, we? we are. So, what 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 have we got to look forward to this Sunday, Simon? What are the what are the? Uh, no, I'll the, give you a few more the, spectacular. Yeah, I'll aircraft. give you a few uh, highlights that are well worth um, uh, looking out for. Um, one of the highlights, I think, will be the um, Battle of Britain Memorial Flight Dakota uh, Three. Um, they're going to have the Red Devils uh, jump out of this aircraft. Um, it's probably be at the start of the show or or at the end of the show, I would imagine. Um, but because um, how close Duxford is to uh, Stansted Airport, there are a number of um, sort of altitude restrictions on uh, displays um, throughout the day and uh, obviously for other aircraft as well. Um, there are a few to be uh, TBCs on here and Saturday only and Sunday only flying. So check on the list. If you go, I wouldn't read every aircraft out because there's such a um, vast amount of aircraft that are actually... Um, on the list for flying a participation for the two days, so it's it's well worth um, going to. And Just looking on the on the list, Simon, is the uh, they've got a couple of North American P fifty one Mustangs. Yes, we had we had uh, one give us a little display outside on uh, Sunday. Yes, yes uh, no Sunday. Yeah, this, yeah. I uh, think weekend. one of the pilots uh, does live uh, locally mm. and they're often floating about, but I think they're based at Duxford. Mm. It and was awesome hearing that flying yes, over here. It, so it, the, like, the noise that the Mustang makes that oh, does a dive is uh, yeah, is just is, absolutely fantastic. It is, um, it's lovely uh, to hear the engines, and I just can't wait for this weekend because um, it's been a long winter. So are we going to see the Sally B as well there yes, this year, Simon? Yes, we're going to see the Sally B. That is, um, that is on the list to fly. And also uh, another favourite of mine is a patrol... Patrole de France uh, Air Force, which used the Alpha Jet Dornier... Uh, Alpha Jet, and there's eight of those. I've seen them there in the past, and they're always sort of um, a regular visitor to Duxford, um, near enough every year. Um, normally displaying displaying sort of uh, the September air shows, mm. um, but uh, this is uh, nice for them to start the uh, air show season uh, as uh, as we head into the uh, towards the end of May now. And uh, also the uh, Typhoon is on there from RAF Coningsby 29 Squadron. Um, so that'll be uh, another awesome sight, and uh, and um, also we've got the Augusta Westland Apache. Um, I've seen that there numerous is that, times. That's the is that the gunship that one? Isn't it? The yes, Apache, it is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, from the RAF Watcham. What used to be RAF Watcham. It's three regiment Army Air Corps Watcham Flying Station. Um, that is uh, based um, um, in Suffolk, uh, where as the uh, seeking rescue are as well, and the um, police helicopter is also based there as well. So there's a load of uh, good aircraft uh, flying there. I'll give you a rundown of prices, um, as always. Um, yeah, how much are we paying this Sunday? Uh, air show prices, <laughs> right? They are expensive uh, for most air shows. 
although some can be um, uh, a lot cheaper now. The Duxford uh, Air Show, adult 16 years and over, it's twenty seven fifty. Um, a child 5 to 15 years, £18.15. A child 4 years or under, free. Disab- uh, disabled visitor, uh, proof of disability allowance required, £18.15. And then Friends of Duxford, uh, which I am, um, I pay £22. Oh, you get it cheaper than me then. Yes, unless you join, <laughs> uh, which is well worth it, because um, I get all the air shows, um, and you do get... Um, uh, into the members' enclosure and do get special no, I don't, discounts. I don't, I don't mind paying a little bit extra because the money the money does obviously go to um to look look after all the aircraft, yes. restoration yes. of the aircraft. I wanna, the... I'd love to see how the old BAC one eleven is coming on because mm. you've got mm. a picture on your um, fridge over yes, there. Yes, I have on the fridge which and, you uh, which you done for me. Yeah. Yes, and that is uh, just in the uh, undercoated uh, green paint because uh, the city of Dorset uh, mm. British Airways colours. Um, back from the sort of nineties on that, which was the blue. Um, tail and the under the rest of the aircraft was uh blue as well um so it'll be uh, nice to see whether or not this aircraft will actually um be um uh this aircraft will actually uh be i forgot <laughs> you lost for words it happens to us all simon <laughs> Uh, I'm having a I mean, senior moment. Here. I know he's having a senior moment. Do you know what we? I, I listen to uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, aviation podcasts, um, some absolutely awesome podcasts. The airplane geeks, uh, airline pilot guy, uh, the plane safety podcast with Pip, and uh, some other great podcasts well extended. And do you know what? We all make mistakes. Uh, we we do this as a love of, as a passion of uh, of aviation that we've got. I think the uh, we, we do make mistakes, Simon. Yes, we I all think, make mistakes. I think um, <laughs> I think because uh, you've clicked away uh, too quickly on that. <laughs> what I was talking about, um, but um, I think the excitement has started to build um, mm. all, uh, on our first air show. Um, so. Uh, so what about these Lancasters then, Simon? Yes, You've got some uh, Lancaster yes, bomber news. Yes, um, we've got, for the first time in in I don't know how many years, we are going to um, see two Lancasters flying. I did uh, mention this in the previous podcast, and uh, there are one or two um, uh, events that are going to be at. But having said that, there's not many events. Um, there's only going to be displaying a, f- a very few um events on the 21st and 22nd of August, and maybe have another few dates That's to add to that. That's a an air show, isn't it, that one? Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is one uh, closer to home, but um, there's only a few um, a few places that it's going to uh, display at. Um, so it's uh, well uh, worth uh, going uh, to this air show. And um, uh, if you want to see uh, two, two actually uh, flying uh, together, um, I would actually uh, recommend uh, going to the Clacton Air Show if you are at that, or check out um, two Lancaster bombers fly at the air shows. Uh, you will see um, there is a list of the places where they are actually flying, so it's well worth um, well worth uh, going to, um, and that'd be such a a very rare sight um, see uh, those two, to see yeah, two uh, Lancasters uh, flying together, and um, yeah, so. Um, Another uh, piece of uh, news I've got here is the uh, Canberra, uh, which is um, actually uh, flying. Uh, and uh, this is um, confirmed uh, going to be a, a Newcastle um, Aerospace Festival of Flight. Um, 
and Northern Ireland as well. So um, I love the old Canberra because that's an ex-reconnaissance aircraft and um, these have been in service for many years and um, it's nice to have one on the air show circuit again because these keep coming out of service. And the last time it was uh, active operation was in July 2006. And I remember this coming to the last off-air festival, mm. this XH-131. And uh, it's... it's uh, I, I'm just reading, Simon, as you don't... It's, it's believed to be the longest-serving aircraft in the R, in RAF's history, the yes, Canberra. Yes, Now, they've got a start-up cartridge on these. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like an explosive charge. They drop in to uh, fire the engines up on this. And... Mm. Um, the cockpit on the Canberra's is to the side of the fuselage, mm, which is yeah. uh, quite rare. But um, I know when I first ever heard one of these start up, um, it's quite a frightening noise because um, it's just an exploding cartridge um, when it starts up, and uh, it's it's uh, nice, um, but it has um, it's got those distinctive, unique um, wings that um, are the same on both sort of uh, sides. So it is. Uh, well uh, worth uh, checking out the air show uh, season and uh, where that will actually be flying. And most aircraft are flying um, on the air show circuit, uh, every air show. So it's uh, well worth um, uh, looking into this and uh, having a good So day. hopefully by, possibly by uh, this weekend, Simon, we'll have our T-shirts yes, uh, done. Yes, um, So if you're going to the Duxford uh, air show this weekend... Um, this weekend being Sunday the 25th of May. Yes. Um, you might be able to spot us if we have our T-shirts yes. um, done by them. They're, they're in the process of being made. Yes. Um, you'll be able to see us in our Plain Talking UK T-shirt. So give us a give us a hello, so, or give us a wave, a hello if you see us. Yeah, uh, so stop us and ask us any questions. Yeah, come, we'll come, try, and see us, and come and we'll see try, us. We'll try and answer them. and. Um, uh, we're going to make a few recordings as well while we're at the show. Yes, and um, also um, we'll be giving you a, a complete uh, rundown of um, the air show and uh, I'll be posting, or, or Carlos and I will be posting lots of photos hmm. um, regarding uh, the air show and how it went and uh, what was flying and what wasn't and and how well they performed and uh, all things aviation. So it's a great start um, to get kick off the air show season and uh, we're uh, looking forward to just getting into it and um, I just can't wait. Um, we've got just having a look to see on the air show uh, season. Uh, we've got uh, a few air shows that are, uh, taking place on the same date. We've got the 24th and 25th, which is 1940s weekend, Wolverhampton Halfpenny Green Airport, Staffordshire. 1940s weekend featuring period aircraft, military vehicles and classic cars. A hangar dance will also take place on the Saturday night. Now, that sounds quite interesting, That's doesn't on the it? same day as the, yeah. or same weekend as this weekend. That's this weekend, at the yes. 24th and 25th, yeah. And then, um, obviously, um, this is one place I'd like to uh, go again. It's the Cold War Jets Open Day, Bruntingthorpe Proving mm. Ground. And um, it, is, it is something uh, that I will go to, and hopefully we'll both go to in the future, because they, what they do, they get all their serviceable aircraft, and then they um, carry out full taxi runs, and then they line the whole lot up on the uh, runway together for a photo shoot. So it's um, well worth uh, uh, well worth uh, going uh, to this to um, see all the old Cold War jets from uh, the UK. And perhaps uh, if any of our uh, if any of our UK listeners uh, who don't make it to Duxford this weekend, who are going to the Cold War Jet Open Day at Bruntingthorpe. Uh, in Leicestershire, perhaps you could uh, drop us a line 
email us and let us know uh, what you thought of the day. If you uh, enjoyed it and took uh, loads of pictures of uh, the aircraft there, that'd be good, wouldn't it, Simon? Yes, yeah. And uh, there's a vintage festival at Old Buckingham, Norfolk. Um, uh, I haven't uh, been at uh, Old Buckingham yet. <laughs> this is another place I need to go. It's right on my doorstep, really. Uh, you've been to uh, Old Buckingham before? I've uh, flown over it, Simon. Right, I've flown, flown over it in uh, in a Cessna, yeah. But no, not actually, well, uh, la- not actually landed there. No, but that counts. That you've uh, been <laughs> over there. So um, yeah, another one is um, we got American Air Day, but this is on the I think it's, this is looked as I was on the Monday. Um, it's East Kirby, uh, Lincolnshire. One of our best flying days of the year. We'll have t- two taxi runs on Lancaster, one thirty and four o'clock, and our resident Dakota will be displaying twice for us, and we'll be also visited by two fifty. P-51 Mustangs, which will be providing displays during the day. On top of that, the Battle of Britain Memorial flight will also be um, providing a fly pass. So another um, air show. The um, air show uh, season obviously is with us, and uh, there's lots to look forward to this weekend Mm. and in the coming weeks and months. So We've got that to look forward to Sunday, Simon. Yes. Excellent. Can't can't wait. And we'll be giving you a full rundown, a full update in our next uh, podcast on this. Uh, fascinating air show and uh, we'll be going that, into that in a lot more detail um, we do have other things um, which I'll uh, carry over for ne- uh, the next podcast yeah we're running short of time but we've just got to, we've just got our in focus aircraft segment to do and uh, and uh, then we'll bring a podcast to a close yes we will right so uh, we're going to leave that part of the show then and uh, we're going to bring you our in focused aircraft of the week next and now it's time for our in focus aircraft of the week yes it's our in focus aircraft of the week segment so uh has been voted for by our listeners uh on facebook and via email uh we put the list of aircraft up on facebook and uh this week's winner has uh come in with the most votes as being the british aerospace bae 146 so the British Aerospace 146, also known as the BAE 146, is a regional <coughs> airliner that was manufactured in the UK by British Aerospace and latter manufactured by part of BAE Systems. Production ran from 1983 till 2002 and manufacture of an improved version known as the Avro RJ96 uh, uh, began in 1992. The further improved version with new engines, the Avro RJX, was announced in 1997, but only two prototypes of the aircraft were built. The aircraft is a very quiet operational aircraft, even though it has four engines, and has been marketed under the name Whisperjet. It sees wide usage at small city-based airports, and its primary role serves as a regional jet short-haul airliner or regional liner. The BAE 146 Avro RJ is in wide use among European airlines such as Brussels Airlines, CityJet and Swiss International Airlines. It comes in the 100, 200 and 300 series models and the equivalent Avro RJ versions are designated the RJ70, RJ85 and RJ100. There's also a freight carrying version uh, that carries the designation QT or Quiet Trader and a convertible passenger or freight model is designated as the QC, or quick change. A gravel kit can be fitted to the aircraft to enable it to operate uh, from rough or unprepared strips as well. 
and the Avro uh, uh, RJ and the 146-300 series aircraft um, was um, produced between 1978 and 2001, with a number built being uh, 166 of the Avro RJ and 221 of the BAE 146. The program cost £350 million, and the unit cost per aircraft being £11 million at uh, 1981 prices. So uh, that's worth a few more pennies now, I think, uh, compared to then. So the what specifications of the aircraft then? Uh, the aircraft, the 100 series, had a length of 26 metres, uh, whereas the 300 series was stretched slightly to 30.99 metres. Uh, it had a maximum takeoff weight of the 100 series of 38,100 kilograms and a maximum landing weight of 35,153 kilograms. It had a maximum range uh, with payload uh, of 2,174 kilometers and had a cruising speed of 750 kilometers per hour, with a maximum speed being 890 kilometers an hour. Uh, the maximum app operating altitude of the aircraft was 9,500 metres, and the aircraft was powered by Honeywell ALF 502R5s, each producing 6,970 pounds of thrust. Now, the 100 series aircraft held 70 passengers in one class layout, whereas the 300 series held 100 passengers also in a one-class layout. And the cabin length was 15.42 metres on the 100 series and obviously increasing to 20.20 metres on the 300 series. Now, the uh, Avro RJ146, as we said, was classed as a whisper jet and uh, has been used, as we said, in quite a lot of small city-based airports. Uh, there's a few stored at uh, our local airport in Norwich, yes. um, which have been there for a while now. And uh, if uh, for those of you listening who do uh, who live in around in and around Norwich in Norfolk, you'll uh, probably have seen these aircraft parked um, across the airfield uh, at Close Norwich as well. Close to the A140 and the Aviation Museum. That's it. Yeah. So the primary users of the of the Avro RJ and the 146 are CityJet, Swiss European Airlines, Brussels Airlines, and Airlink as well. So that's uh, our in-focus aircraft then, the BAE 146. Have you uh, flown on that at all? No, I haven't, Oh, Simon. yeah. Uh, nope. And it's very uh, it's a very quiet aircraft uh, to fly on, and just a slight whirring noise of the uh, engines uh, because they're um, actually... Uh, where they are located, and um, it's a very quiet aircraft and a very short takeoff, um, ideal for regional uh, airports and uh, London City Airport too, um, which um, is in the centre of London. Uh, so, yes, uh, ideal airport. Just as an offset from that as well, they actually <coughs> designed and built a, um, a BAE 146M series. Yeah. Um, that was announced in 2009, that one. Um, they were going to uh, have it as a passenger freighter configuration, but they also had um, upgraded uh, avionics glass cockpit with the glass screens, the computer screens, and also they uh, had uh, air-to-air refueling uh, probe also above the uh, above the cockpit as well for refueling operations of the aircraft. 
Um, that was produced as a demonstrator aircraft. Um, BAE Systems produced it as a demonstrator aircraft. Um, but it's quite interesting seeing that with a with a refueling probe above the uh, cockpit, not yes. something you normally tend to see on a 146. Yes, yeah. So we'll bring that segment of the show to a close. We've just got uh, a couple of bits of uh, listener mail to bring you, so we'll bring you that next. And now it's time for the listener mail. So we've got a couple of bits of uh, listener mail to bring you then. Not much this week. Uh, we've had uh, an email uh, from uh, Paul Turner. He's from the UK. He's just dropped us an email. says, uh, hi, Carlos and Simon. Thanks for bringing a great show every week. I enjoy listening to the show and download it uh, as and when you produce the show. Uh, enjoy your segments. And uh, you and Simon do a great job. Uh, hats off to you both. That's ah. uh, that's that's nice, isn't it? Very nice indeed. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for that. That's, yeah, uh, thanks for that. Always appreciated. And also, we've got uh, Tom here. He doesn't leave his surname, but Tom. He's also from the UK. He's uh, sent us a message as well uh, via uh, via Facebook. Says, uh, "Hi guys, love the show. Uh, enjoy uh, all your news you bring us each week. Uh, I listen with my wife. Hmm, interesting." <laughs> My wife, my wife doesn't listen to the show. But there are some, <laughs> there, uh, are. there are some ladies who like aviation out there. Because um, no, but I mean, his wife likes the show. Well, that's good. That's it's good. good. It's very good. Yeah, uh, yeah. He says, um, I listen to the show every week and uh, enjoy your uh, military parts as well from Simon. So you're getting some good feedback there, Simon. Yes. Um, we've just got one other one here. It's from Ian Taylor. Um, Ian Taylor from the US doesn't say where he is in the US. Ian Taylor's been listening to the show since we had, or since we brought episode one out. He's been downloading the shows and listening to them uh, back, um, uh, catching up up to where we are now. And uh, he's uh, put on here that he loves listening to the show, um, loves to hear our twist of UK news as opposed to the US news. And uh, he's also put on here, can't wait for your air show recordings. Yes. Yeah, so. Well, they'll be they'll be coming. Yep, they'll be they'll coming. They'll definitely be coming soon. Yep. Uh, so that's the last piece of uh, feedback we've got. Then, don't forget if you do want to send us some feedback, uh, we we want to hear from you. Um, you can uh, find us on Facebook, uh, Plain Talking UK. Just search for us on there and uh, like us on there. We've got we've got a few likes now, haven't we, on uh, yes, Facebook, Yes, yes, we keep uh, plugging away, and uh, people are liking the uh, photos uh, that we put up and. Um, all the other information. And one other thing about the Red Arrows, um, I did say about this earlier, they're due back in the UK on the 30th of May. Um, This is subject um, to serviceability and travel uh, requirements and arrangements uh, uh, coming home from uh, Akrotiri in Cyprus um, after the winter uh, training is all complete. So they should be home uh, sometime uh, next week. But keep an eye on the uh, media sites, Facebook and Twitter, um, and uh, to also Google uh, Red Arrows uh, return uh, to uh, 50th anniversary display time. So, ju- yeah, just check uh, that, and uh, hopefully that should give you a, an update and a time of when they're back in the UK. But if you are uh, in the uh, RAF Scampton, Lincolnshire area around the 30th, um, do keep your eyes uh, to the sky, yeah, because the uh, Red Arrows are all coming home uh, with all the uh, circus as well, so that... Um, it's a special year for the Reds uh, this year, and um, we're um, looking forward to that immensely. And I was, I'm sure there'll be one or two uh, 
special fly past and special surprises um, uh, which will take place throughout the UK uh, air show season circuit this year. So stay tuned and keep your eyes to the sky for that. Yeah, look out uh, as well. Don't forget you can go to our website at www.plaintalking.com. That's plain spelled P-L-A-N-E. Go on our website and you'll find the Contact Us tab on there. You can send us a message via there as well. That'll come straight through to me and Simon so we can read your messages out on the show. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter, Plain Talking UK. You can follow us on there. Uh, and also we have a YouTube page as well. If you go onto YouTube, you can search for Plain Talking UK on there and uh, you'll see a few. Vi- we've put a couple of videos up um, on there, uh, which you can watch on YouTube as well. So, Simon, we're going to bring uh, episode number 21 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. It's been a real... <laughs> Um, testing time testing time we've had a few uh, technical issues on this episode so I hope it's uh, not come across too bad um, we've had a, a, a misbehaving laptop and a, a few um, sound issues on the show today but uh, we've, we've muddled through uh, we're going to come back with episode number 22 next week um, we're going to have uh, hopefully have some um, uh, some audio from the Duxford Air Show this weekend that me and Simon will be attending. Don't forget, if you're going to Duxford uh, Air Show this weekend uh, on the Sunday, look out for me and Simon. Hopefully we'll have our T-shirts, but then so you'll be able to spot us in the crowd. Um, failing that, you'll see uh, me and Simon with cameras around our necks and scanners um, in hand. Scanners in hand. <laughs> and eyes to the sky. <laughs> and eyes to the sky, exactly. <clears throat> So uh, that's all we've got time for then uh, this week. Thanks for listening as always. We do really, really appreciate everyone uh, listening to the show. We, we do try our best each week to uh, put as much content into the show as we can. Um, obviously, we do have to work around each other's work patterns, don't we, Simon? Yes, but we, we do. Uh, we, do, we do manage somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for listening. Don't forget, please, please, please send us some feedback. And uh, hopefully next week, uh, Pilot Pip will have a segment for us to include in the show. Pilot Pip, uh, for those of you who listen to his show, The Plane Safety Podcast, he's been on holiday with his family uh, on a well-earned holiday in the sun. Uh, He should be back uh, very soon. So hopefully he'll have a segment uh, for us to include in episode number 22. So that's it then, Simon. We're going to say goodbye for now. And uh, from me, it's a big uh, air show. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. And from you, Simon? Yes, yeah, a big, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Duxford air show uh, goodbye. And uh, we'll give you an update uh, after we've been to the air show this weekend, which is going to be a fabulous day and uh, so looking forward to it. So uh, as I said, um, or as we said, we'll give you a full update um, on our next podcast of um, the Duxford Air Show. So, yeah, you stay tuned and uh, look forward to speaking to you next time. Take yep. care. Take care then. Goodbye. Bye.